everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Welcome to Scare Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Burton, and today I am joined by Sarah Shockey. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh, I love it. I am. I, I love it, too. You chose the movie Cellar Dweller. You put a lot of thought into that. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a 1988... Uh, straight to video straight slash laser disc. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I am always the one that's like, oh, are we all watching a horror movie? Okay. Like, I feel like in middle school, it was always like, that was the thing we would watch. Horror movies, and I would get very scared and, like, kind of uncomfortable. And I also was still figuring out my relationship to movies. Because I think at that point, it's like, I love movies. Do I want to help make movies? Like, what's my relationship? So it's like, it took me a while to kind of figure it out. Now I know that movies are, like, okay, and horror movies aren't real, and it's fine. But it's still not my first choice. So when we go to pick, like last year I had one right at the tip of my tongue. I was like, this is, I want to do Rose Red. It's going to be great. This year I was like, gosh, I guess we can do whatever. I guess I want something that's like older or weird or something. Cellar Dweller is the story of a 1950s comic book artist whose work came to life and destroyed him 30 years later a woman moves to this artist compound which is the same location where he died and she wants to sort of reignite his work and things don't go very well Uh (laughs) why this movie uh so like i said horror movies kind of stress me out and i also I'm always conscious of like, well, what are the horror movies that everybody knows versus the ones that like just get lost in the shuffle? And I kind of have a soft spot for like lost little movies. And I figure any movie that's full length available on YouTube is a lost little movie. And we need to take those movies under our wings and give them life. So this is hard for me to do because again, I know that it's not a good movie. Things happen that were like so like, Characters wouldn't react that way, like, human beings don't treat situations this way. But the thing is, like, I still enjoyed it so much. Like, I had such a good time. I was talking about it all day. Um, So if we're going to go on, like, a 10 scale, I'm going to give it eight drawings of monsters. (laughs) Nice! Oh, that's great. I just like things, and I, you know what? I'm past the age of pretending that I don't enjoy, like, artistic efforts. They got a little tired by the end. You could tell that by the end it was a little bit less, but like some of the portraits, I was like, wow. I honestly think they're the, it's the Tales from the Crypt one. Because the the writer of this has some ties to Tales from the Crypt. I bet so. Has done some writing on that. And so um, I was like, this gotta be, it's gotta be Tales from the Crypt writer. What a sweet gig to just be like the person that gets called up to draw scary drawings. Mm-hmm. It's great. Because those drawings are beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah. And they're all, like, perfectly inked and, like... Okay, one thing that bothered me in this movie. Uh, nobody freaking pencils in their work. They just bust out gold. And, like, whenever they take a shot away, she'd be, like... They'd have a shot of the artist, like, delicately painting lines. Then they'd do a shot of the actress. And they'd have these horrible sound effects of, like... And I was yeah. like, they're not freaking scribbling and well, no one knows about how they draw. <laughs> also, like, do they use Sorry ink? About this chair. Like, <laughs> no, that's okay, that's okay. Uh, is 
when at the beginning he was using ink and like a quill, but it was yeah, supposed to be it was the so 50s. scratchy. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that um, I have some friends in the East Coast who are like legitimate full time web comic and comic artists, and my friend John was showing me he uses a brush and it's like he has this huge setup and then next to it he has like the inkwell and then a brush and then like dotting sheets of so he can like you know fine sort of twirl the paintbrush so it's a very fine point like it's super impressive and he was like you know I got used to this and this is the easiest way for me I'm still on pens and like I do a lot of like ink drawing and stuff like that but like the way that they set this up it was always like one sheet of paper and an ink pen slash quill and like no like mess like when I draw things, there's, like, pencils and pens and stuff, like, all over the place, but they're like, oh, we're artists, but it's like they didn't get the art part right. A weird one to me was, like, <laughs> your imagination can ruin you, which is weird because, one, they're trying to make a movie, and two, this was made in the 80s, so they're, all these artists are living in this commune, and they're all doing very different type of art and they, none of them seem concerned about getting it out into the world. They seem very happy to be in a cocoon of performing for each other, which was super weird to me. That performance artist was <laughs> like, that was the best scene of any horror movie I've seen thus far. Yeah. Like, that was, it's just this woman who's dancing around and there are dolls. And her name was Lisa. <laughs> her name was Lisa. She was, that's why she was my favorite. And then she like took a knife and stabbed balloons mm -hmm. to show that the baby dolls were dead. Yeah, like the balloons were attached to the baby dolls and then she would take the baby dolls down and then at one point she just goes, death is sad. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But it was all to, it was all to the tune of like the most generic 1980s. Like pumping, yeah, synth beats. Like it was very, it was pretty upbeat music. <laughs> And she didn't react at all to her credit when the detective film noir writer crept out of the room. Like, I feel like there were four people in the room and she could have been like, hey, what the fuck? Like, come back. <laughs> we do this once a week and you are, this is my week. So. And he's always smoking a cigar. Like, it was just like, there were so many things where I was like, did anyone put thought into these characters being people and not caricatures? No. But at the same time, like, that was the feel of the movie is like, there are characters and if you aren't careful, your art will ruin your life. And I was like, what a weird thing for a movie to say. It's also a weird thing for, like, clearly a B-movie to say. Yeah! Where all these people had hopes and dreams and, like, yikes. Yeah, yeah. And the, the rules of how it worked were a little unclear at the end. It was just a lot to take in. Yeah, because they really fudged that. Like, uh, at the end, you really thought, you were like, cool, they figured it out. Everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And then all of a sudden... In my head, I said, as long as that idiot didn't burn the beautiful portraits of everyone in the house, and then she burned the beautiful portraits of everyone... And then, as like... As though they were really gone. And then I was like, well, maybe she can just draw them again. But, like, I guess she got eaten before that could happen. Did she? She got eaten. She got eaten. There were definitely munching sounds. This horrible munching Because as much as this was a horror movie, it was also very much an homage to, like, silly Batman, like, comic books. Where there's lots of, like, whap, pow, and, like, munch, chomp, munch. And you're like... This, I'm not scared. <laughs> yeah, because even in that very first kill, he, there, there are literally 
the uh, the graphic on the screen in quote unquote real life, mm-hmm. like that's going boy oy 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 oy, like <laughs> yeah. as the the handle to the door disappears, and you were like, what? Yeah, there's a lot of like uh, like she's drawing and the situation's happening upstairs, and she draws a banana peel on the floor, and it's like whoop, and then the girl falls, and I'm like, what are you trying? What reaction do you want out of me? Like there were so many times that I just like. I felt like I was looking at someone filming me, like, just being like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, to me, this rode the line between, like, actual adult horror and horror for kids. Yeah, and then there were boobs. Like, a lot of boobs in this movie. Like, straight up naked titties. And I was like... Okay, I get you could totally make this, like, a PG movie for boys to be, like, kind of scared about when they're, like, 8 to 11. But instead, I mean, I guess boys would still like it from Rachel 11. Hello. It was very, like, the tone of it never made sense to me. They used a shot over and over where it was clearly someone, probably the director, running with the camera up the steps as though that was a really scary shot. And also, like, this movie was, like, nine-tenths tenth uh thunderstorm yes. like there was so much thunder and lightning where i was like storms don't work like that <laughs> it was really good like it, it was great because it was clearly like such a campy movie that took itself so seriously yeah and it just turned for out for no reason and also like the drawing of the monster was so much better looking than the monster itself <laughs> well the director also worked on troll like okay, I can see that. Right? I can so see I that. Like, oh, I wonder if they just had like a bunch of extra costume stuff lying around. So together we'll make a new movie. <laughs> and the um the writer also wrote Child's Play and all of the Child's Play movies. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Cuz that is like I feel like that's the tone they were sort of used to and going for, but they didn't have like the like, the monster couldn't be quippy, so instead of quips, it was these weird comic book, like, be oing 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 and you're like, okay. This really, truly felt to me, like, the more that I kind of looked at the history of the director and writer, the more that it looked like just a project between projects for them, mm-hmm. where, like, we were just talking about, pro- like, having projects lined up. Like, for them, this was just a, hey, I've got time. Yeah, and, and the thing is, money. like, it was so clear, though, that there is something behind it. Like, there was so much care put into the artwork that, like, I feel like this is one of those ideas that could have been, like, fantastic and could have been an A movie. But it was just decisions got made. Probably the budget wasn't as high as they were hoping for. And then maybe people kind of lost interest part with you. Like, I don't know what happens to ruin movies. But, like, by the end of it, I was just like, huh. There are a lot of reaction shots that I really liked, but I think my absolute favorite moment that I laughed really hard at was there all of the people in the house have been taken in by the monster. And as a last-ditch attempt, Whitney, who signs her name in huge cursive letters every time she draws anything, which I was like, okay, chill, <laughs> chill out, Whitney. We get it. Your name's Whitney, and your rival is Amanda. Like, okay. Uh, but she's, like, desperately trying to fix everything. And she draws Philip, who she suddenly has this, like, long-lost love for, but the whole movie she's treated him like an annoying cousin. She draws him jumping back out of the page, and the drawing of him is, like, whoop! Like, he's, like, got his little legs in the air and his butt sticking out, and he has this big grin on his face. And it was just, like, 
what a thing to draw in your lowest moment when you think you've killed everyone in the house. Like, it's just this joyful little, like, woo! <laughs> it was great. Uh, do you have a favorite death in this movie? Yeah, the freaking film noir detective who just gets his head lazily slapped off and then he just bleeds like a Kill Bill character. I love that too. Or when uh, I love the drawing of it where his tongue is out of his mouth yeah. and it's like it's like an abnormally long tongue and he's like, uh, wow. It was really it good. It was so cartoony but so like, yeah, it's so hilariously drawn where I was like, even when that was happening, I was like, Man, I know she's not even drawing these at this point, but like, that'll make a pretty fun comic book, I feel like. It was really good. Death. I think what I would do is one, I would make her a more sympathetic, likable character, because she immediately comes in and is an asshole. Like, she's an asshole to the lady running it, who's also an asshole. Pretty much everyone in this movie's an asshole, except for Lisa and Philip. <laughs> and uh, I would make her just sort of like, I would love it if she was trying to do something different, but she was inspired by this guy who wrote Cellar Dweller. And it's like, she's trying to do her own thing, her own comic book, but somehow, like, when she works there, her work becomes more like his, and then it kind of gets out of her own control before she realizes what's happening. I think it would be more powerful if there were less people against her and more of them were her friends, so that you would be worried about them, worried about, you know, like, them getting hurt, and then... The movie is her trying to figure out how to draw things differently. And I feel like maybe she'd have some success and like almost fix it and then lose another friend. You know, like that kind of thing where it's like this tug of war between her trying to do the right thing and trying to express herself creatively, but also this other like sort of demonic force of like all this past history keeps like creeping in and like messing with it. Now that's a movie I want to see. Right? Like, that seems like... Because then you'd be questioning whether or not she had accomplished her goal in between every time she tried. Exactly. Because she, she would try, and then you would think that maybe she got it, but then you'd realize there's still 45 minutes of movie left, so no, she didn't solve it. Like, right. what's going to happen? And, that like, how is it going to start? Is it going to start drawing itself? Is it going to be, like, you know, like, I just... I wanted there to be more tension whereas I felt like this movie they would like make a decision make a decision make a decision okay and it was like sure yeah I guess she's in love with Philip now the romance always gets me when it's lazy in horror movies I'm like just put a little more effort into it like just, romance is my favorite yes <laughs> like just an itty bitty bit more because like I felt real chemistry between her and Lisa like oh, yeah. there was a moment where so <laughs> she hears screams on her first night and she goes outside, and it's Lisa practicing her screams because she's a performance artist. Like, I get it. <laughs> they, like, have this conversation. She kind of opens up to her about, like, her rival Amanda and how, like, I guess there's some weird fellowship. They Basically, they were just jealous of each other back in art school, and now they're at this weird art commune that's hundreds of miles from anywhere. I don't know where they got their food from. I don't know how anyone communicated with anyone. But... At but the it's end very of, prestigious. It's very prestigious. <laughs> but at the end of her talking to Amanda, they hug and they kiss each other on the cheek. And then as Lisa walks away, Whitney just like looks at her. And I was like, and maybe I've been watching too much Steven Universe. But I was like, there's real, there's real girl-girl love here. And then Philip's like, what's going on? Wake up, sleepyhead. Ba -da -ba -ba. 
Shut up, rap. Like, I know. I hate that. First of all, I hate that guy. Second of all, the moment that made me very like, okay, Lisa, we get it, was the very opening shot where we meet Lisa and she's laying on the kitchen counter as though she's like being painted by someone. Was she being painted by Philip at that point? I don't think I so. I don't think so. I think he was eating a sandwich or a banana or something. Yeah, she was just sitting there like just being her damn self. So why is she hundreds of miles away? This girl can be doing so much, like acting, pornos, like whatever. Like Lisa's not living her best life in this <laughs> weird commune. <laughs> she really would not. Hashtag set Lisa free. Gosh, I would love to just sit down. And I was looking for this. I was like, why didn't anyone have like an oral history of like, or do an interview? I was like Googling interviews for this. Because I just want to know, and I think it would be better if it wasn't in a publication, to just sit down and be like, tell me the story of this movie. One, like, what was it supposed to be? How do you feel about the ending? What were the funny bloopers like? Tell me about who fucked up the most. Did you see in the credits where it said, uh, a great cast, let me see. I think it's a great cast repeats itself. A great a great cast is worth repeating. Is worth repeating, yeah. yeah. And so they did the or they did the cast credits again at the end, even though they did them at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was weird to me because I remember I was watching it in the beginning and I was like, man, I bet they're gonna have some quick credits at the end. And then they didn't. Like they were just like, we made this. I think they were still stuck in that like from the, gosh, I want to say like the '30s until like the '80s there were those big over-the-top intros as though people were so dazzled by the idea of going to a movie that they wanted to see nine minutes of credits. And then I feel like in the 90s, they were like, oh, movies are, like, an accepted part of life now. We don't need to do, like, 800 years of, like... Like, the Raggedy and Mandy musical adventure credits are beyond over-the-top. Like, they're all, like, accordion letters and, like, characters swooping in and out, like, you're gonna see me later. And it's just, like... We know, like, we know we're watching a movie. Yeah, I, this movie, like, there really clearly is a story behind it. There's something, because... There's more to it than what came out on the screen. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me, because I love, like, you can almost never pinpoint exactly what you're picturing when you're making anything. But this also feels like several other things got in the way. Like, but there is heart to it. Like, I think that's what kept me going the whole way through. Is like, I could feel that people cared about this movie. And even in the acting, like, there were bad moments, but they were still there. I really thought, yeah. And I really thought, and the acting is not that bad. I think it's the character writing that was Mm -hmm. worse than the acting was. That it was like, oh, here, let's give these, like, very archetypal, caricature-ish, like, characters to these, like, decent actors, like, totally fine, acceptable actors. Um, The, what got me was that phrase at the end where they're like, it's worth repeating, because that told me that this is, like, a project of love. Like, that the cast loved each other. Like, they, everybody must have, like, really bonded or something over this thing. And you could feel, like, there was definitely chemistry of, like, I don't know, at the end, because there was not a lot of chemistry between Whitney and Philip, but then at the end, they kind of had a sweet moment of reuniting that I was like, oh, that's like real chemistry. Like, that's how I would act around one of my friends, you know, because you can tell sometimes in a movie when people don't really like each other and like the kiss is weird or like they're, the touching's just like kind of strange. And it's like, maybe it was a bad take. But in this, like, you did feel like there was this little weird community, like, at the end, when you thought everything was okay, and they're all sitting on the couch together, I was like, this is a cool shot. Like, the way the artist drew them, and then the way they shot it across, I was like, I would be okay with the movie ending 
and there not being the horror, like, weird ending. Like, I would have been okay if the movie ended at, like, an hour ten. Yeah, me too. I, that weird alter, like, the weird, I mean, I'm gonna call it an alternate ending, because it felt really thrown in at the end. It felt like somebody was like, oh, you're really gonna end it like that? Mm -hmm. But in my mind, like, she did figure it out. Like, she figured out that she could white out the monster mm-hmm. and or draw him in chains. Mm-hmm. She figured out how to draw everybody back. It was, like, yeah, her mistake that she burned everybody's pictures up. But at the same time, couldn't she just draw them again? But then they're like, no, no, no. Uh, the monster got free, and he ate her, and that's the end. And wherever imagination is, I will be there, too, said the monster. And I was like, ew. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Whatever um, imagination is, as though, like, it, imagination wasn't the problem. This hell demon was the problem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish the romance was better between her and Philip. <laughs> I've said that already, but I feel... Oh, and also, um, Mrs. Briggs was the woman who ran the place, and she's, like, a pretty established actress from, like... She was acting from, like, the 20s all the way until, like, 2000. Yeah. I thought that was really impressive, and I thought she was great. I feel like horror movies are where great actresses of, like, the 20s through the early 60s go to die. Like, yeah. that is, it's it's where all these actresses find themselves where they have great character pieces mm-hmm. in these horror movies, and then all of a sudden, like... Like, because this is all they can get at this point. It's weird, yeah. yeah it's or weird. they could get, like, live stage plays where there's, like, a woman finding herself mm-hmm. at, like, age 45. But you, anyone who's, like, 45 to 67 can play that character because people are like, mm, older woman, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I really liked her presence there. I thought that... I felt like when she showed up, it had a very Stephen King feel. Like, when he directs, like, a miniseries... And I don't know, like, it had kind of that same feeling or heart that, like, any of those, like, Stephen King-directed miniseries have. And I think what I like about them is that there is horror, but there's also, like, hey, these people are still people, and it doesn't have to be scary the whole time. Like, I miss that in, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, like, a lot of the more modern ones where it's, like, we gotta get to the sex, we gotta get to the gore. Like, I like those little moments of them all performing for each other and, like, goofing off and screaming in the yard. Yes! Yeah. I love that. This was such a great pick. Thank you. I just rolled on down that playlist. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's perfect because it's also like, yeah, if you don't have Netflix or you don't have any of the streaming services, you can still watch this because it's on YouTube. Um, And it's a great addition to like a fall scary movie playlist. Yeah, and it's such a roll of the dice. Like any of those full-length YouTube things you can put on, you can stay awake, you can fall asleep. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, that stuff's out there. Like, it's never been easier to find content. And it's like, that's, hey, they spent probably at least eight weeks of their lives doing this. Yeah. I can watch it. Yeah, right? It's great. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having year. me. Yay. That is sad.